Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church. Welcome to worship this morning as we come together to worship our risen Lord. What a great day to be in God's house. Amen? We are glad you're here. We're, uh, okay, let's, let's stand up. Okay, everybody up. find that power in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's continue on singing this morning. But he brought me in a 
dwell in your house. God, we know that there is a place for us in that house that you've provided for us as long as we know you, as we accept you as our Savior and Lord. God, that we've given our lives to you uh, and desire to live for you. Father, there is a place for us. So God, as we continue in worship this morning, Lord, we know who you say we are. We know who you are. But God, in dealing with who you are, may we never forget that you're you're our God, you're our sure. So, Lord, this morning as we continue on, Lord, may we dwell on that, Lord, that you are our sure and steady anchor.
pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are our steady anchor. Lord, no matter what we face, you're there to pull us through, to see us through. Because, God, you have a plan for us. It's a plan to prosper us, not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future. our lives to you daily. God, we can walk with you uh, and know that that sure and steady anchor is, is with us now. Like you uh, through following you. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. It's good to be in worship with you this morning. I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 is the text that we'll study this morning. What an amazing week it's been in God's Word. through the Bible, uh, Isaiah 53 just pointed us straight to Christ. What an amazing picture of Christ. Set the tone for you, so... You can kind of get a larger picture of Isaiah. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter 1 through 39, show us and reveal to us Isaiah is the mouthpiece of God speaking to the people of Israel. He's speaking to them about the judgment that's to come. See, they, they've drifted away. They've gone their own way. They've done their own thing. They've, they've traveled in a way in life that is not in the way. judgment from God. We, we can. Our sin has consequences. Our life's action and direction that push, that draw to bring us back into his presence in right standing. So God's desire is that you and I would live in the right place with him. In Isaiah, we see that from chapter 39, beginning in chapter 40 to the end of the book, we see there that Isaiah brings out not just the judgment of God, but the redemption of God, the Savior that we have in God. God longs to redeem us. And we see that not just in Isaiah, but from Genesis to Revelation, we see this loving God reach. Uh, the, the, not the judgment so much right now, but more of that, the redemption of God. And today what we see in Isaiah, Filled in our relationship with God. So if I were to title this message this morning, it would be titled, entitled, Fulfilled. Fulfilled in relationship with God. And, and how do we accomplish being fulfilled in God? And I think there are three ways that Isaiah draws from this chapter to bring out to us to say that God satisfies those who come to him and, and, and spend time in his presence, God satisfies us. Not only that, we see that God speaks to those who listen.
Isaiah says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without cost, without money and without cost. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Behold, I have made him... nation which knows you not will run to you because of the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, for he We walk through these today, knowing that you've appointed the time for us to gather this morning, that we are grateful for. God, I ask that you would anoint me with the power that can only come from you, God, to make a difference in our lives, to bring transformation to us, Lord, move in our life this morning. Let us understand what it means to come to you, to listen to you, and to be saved by you. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. God satisfies those who come to him. We, we see that in these first two verses. God, for your life, will not come from this world, but will come from him. So God is a source. He, he longs to be the source to fill us. He's, he says here in verse 1, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He is an endless source. He's not limited. God has no limits. He is a source that continues to provide for you and for me. Always providing for us. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he said these words. He said, I am the bread of life. Meaning that if we wanted to find something that would fill us, we could turn to Jesus. Jesus said in John 4, when he was speaking to the Samaritan woman, he said, And if we're honest with ourselves, we can very easily attach ourselves to the physical in this world, right? This means yes. We can so attach ourselves to the physical of this world that we overlook the very spiritual need that we have and, and wind up empty instead of filled. God's saying, I want to fill you. I want to, I'm an endless source. I'll bring something to you that will fill you continually. He says to the disciples, on the night which he would be betrayed as he's leaving a, an intimate time of... Listen to me now. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Stay connected to me. Because when you stay connected to me, I'll be the source which will flow to you. I'll provide for you in such a way that you then can produce the fruit that I've called you to. Apart from me, you're going to dry up and die. 
And in our minds, in our world, where we live today, if we're truly honest, we understand that, gosh, if I can just get what I want, if I can just have this, that, or the other, as long as I stay connected to the world, as long as I do everything within my power, then I'm going to be satisfied and sustained and filled. And honestly, we an intimate personal relationship and it's not that it's just some people can come to him certain people can come to him every in our life and that's what the woman at the well recognized she was searching in all the world to find something to fill her and she was still winding up hungry you can search this world over you can have all that this world has to offer, all the financial stability that you want, all the things of this world, and still be hungry, still be thirsty. Because God created us with a place in our life that cannot be filled by any. loved all people. He designed, created all people, intimately knows them. He says in Psalm 139, I intricately designed you in your mother's womb before they even knew it. For you, and I'm drawing you into a relationship, and it's everyone, not just some, it's everyone can come to me. He even says it doesn't matter if you have money. And you who have no money, come. When, when I have no money, I don't feel like I can buy anything. He says if you have no money, come, buy and eat. There's plenty here. You, I'm the source. You, you can't provide this. I'm the source for you. Come to me and I'll provide for you. Maybe it's yours, but if I walk around in the world and talk to people, I don't, I don't have a hard time finding people who feel unwell. that perfection of God, we can feel distance from God, and I don't have a hard time finding people who feel unwelcomed in His presence because they don't know of His draw and His forgiveness, His grace, and His mercy. But I do hear people that feel like they can't come to church. I'll say, well, why don't you come to church? Well, man, I couldn't come up there. No, I, I, that's, I wouldn't be accepted there. I wouldn't be welcomed there. And I, I believe that is such a lie that Satan has sold. I've never seen a person walk into this church or the other two churches that God's allowed me to pastor where they were not welcomed into the family of God. I, I, I said about the last church I pastored, either they're the friendliest people I've ever met or they're just nosy. I'm not sure which it was. But they would find out. With people. But I found people that just feel unwelcomed in the presence of church. I remember Jeff. Thirty-one and changed my life drastically. And so Jeff saw the transition from who I was to who God was helping me become and leading me to be. And and Jeff was a truck driver with us. And and Jeff just wouldn't uh, he wouldn't come to church. I said Jeff because it wasn't long before I was saved. After I was saved, that I began to pastor and preach. And so I had a had, I was pastoring in church. I said Jeff, I really want you to come to church with me one Sunday. Jeff said, no, brother, I can't come. I said, why not? You don't have anything else going on on Sunday. Come, come worship with us. He said, man, if I walked into that church, God struck that church down, the roof would fall in. I said,
and I will satisfy you. Stay away from me, and you'll be longing. Come to me. That. God's concerned if you know him and have a relationship with him, or if you don't. And if you don't, then God wants you to have that, and he draws you into that relationship freely at no cost to you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not to clean it up enough to come, just come. We sing a song, come as you are. And, and that's how you come, just as I am. That's how we come to God. So we see that God says to us through the book of Isaiah, and he's saying to the Israelite people, come, come to me. The first step is truly experiencing a fulfilled life is to come to God, the endless source of this world. It, it means coming to the end of my See, in this world, the things of this world cost money. They fade fast. He's concerned about our spiritual need. And he uses the resource of, of drink and, and, and food to say, I want you to understand there's a hunger within you, but I want you to recognize that the true hunger that's residing in you is a spiritual hunger, a longing spiritually to be connected to God. And we'll try so many things in this world to cover and mask that. It may be a drink, it may be some other substance. Up with the things of this world, and there's a hole within us. We can only. That would be the first step. He says, come to me. And, and he wants to feed our soul. And then we see in verse 3, he says, and come. listen that you may live. God speaks to those who listen to him. Not only does God invite us to come to him and satisfy us, he speaks to those who will listen. God's word speaks. God's word, it, it tells us as we read verse 11 in the same text that his word never returns void. It goes out and it comes back. It, it does accomplish what he sets it out to do. God's word is truth in a world that's chaotic, searching for truth, a source for truth. It's God's word. God's word is truth, and, and he tells us, he says, hey, listen. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercy shown to David. Now, I just want us to think about this. There are so many covenants that God's made to us. And God has been good for every covenant. I think of one that's very visual. Recently, one of our members, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, posted on Facebook a picture of a beautiful rainbow. What a, what a covenant-keeping God we have. Every time I see a rainbow, I say, he's still promising. He's still faithful. He said he would put a bow in the air as a sign, as a covenant to you and I, to all generations, that he would never again flood the earth. So we have a visual sign before us every time we see a rainbow. That is such a profound statement. Romans 6 tells us the wage of sin, the cost of sin, the, the expense of our sin is death. 
But the gift of God, that free gift that he offers us, is everlasting life. So he, he's telling us there's life in my words, the, the word that I have, the way that I have for you. As you line your life under the way of God, the will of God, you understand the word of God. If you read the word of God and listen to God's word, apply it to your life, that leads you down the way that God would have you live. And it brings life to live in my own life, my own way, my own flesh. I'm, I'm going to wind up in a different place. would position me to move away from God and not trust in God, but trust in me. But the Word says, no, no, no. You'll, you'll never add up there. You'll never measure up there. Trust in God. Listen to His Word. Apply it to your life. And when you apply it to your life, it brings direction in a positive path. So the Word of God, as Scripture tells us there, it brings life. He says, listen that you may live. And the word is, is, ever, is never changing, it's everlasting, because he says, I make an everlasting covenant to you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. So it's an everlasting covenant. You know, the world may change, but the word doesn't change. Oh, back in the day, every farm in Middle Tennessee and around the world had to have a good team of display merchandise for people to come in and buy. Well, we don't have to have that anymore, do we? Amazon takes care of that. Two-day shipping. You can have it right at your door. And, and, you know, for the younger generation that didn't even get that, you got part of that, but not all of that, because you don't probably remember going into a store and buying everything you bought. Like most of us, are, you don't understand what a Sears Roebuck catalog is that we got at Christmas time. It was big enough. You could stop doors with that thing. And we would flip through it for days. But now, you'll get this, and maybe in 2006, there was this place called MySpace. And it was the leading place for traffic on the Internet. Is everlasting everlasting so the Word of God brings life and the Word of God is the Word of God when applied to our life brings everlasting life and we can have everlasting life when the Word of God is applied to our life the Word also has the ability to draw others around us see in verse 5 it says behold you will call a nation you do not know and a nation which knows you not will run to you because why would they run why would a nation come to us because of the lord your god even the holy one of israel for he is he has glorified you so when we listen to god's word His word comes into my life, and Psalm, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, Psalm 119 comes to life then. I've hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. That comes to life, and, and I, I think through how my life is to be moved and positioned more towards God. And, and as I live that out, and I, I focus on God, and I live a life that's focused on God, others see that. And then we become what was intended in Exodus 19, 5 through 6, where Moses told the Israelite people, as God told him to tell them, you are a royal priesthood, a chosen nation. A royal priesthood, a people from my own possession. You're a priesthood, he's saying. You are to be the example and...
people you've never seen, who've never seen me, and you're going to be the one that exemplifies me to them. And because you live for me, if you live for me, See, I'm to be a city on a hill, a light into a shining dark world, and you are too. And God says as we live his word, as we seek him as our source, and as we listen to his word and live that out in our lives, others see that and are drawn to it. Second Peter 2, chapter 9 tells the same thing. You once were not a people, I mean, you were not. You didn't have the mercies of God. You didn't know that. But now you do. You're, you're a people of my own possession. You're a royal priesthood. You're called to do something for God. And that is to connect your life to Him as an endless source. Listen to the Word. Let it wash over your life and direct you in the right way. The only source we can have that has that. So God's saying, come to me. I'll satisfy you. Listen to me. I'll speak to you. Last thing we see in this text, and it runs from verse 6 all the way to verse 13, is seek me and I'll save you. What God's telling us. He says here in verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let me just pause there. Do you recognize what God is saying? Today in this room is your life, this message has an expiration date. But I, I believe the preacher's right. I believe the word of God. I don't doubt there's a God. I believe in that. And one day, when I'm through with this or that, our attention from the things of God. Instead of seeking him for a source, we seek ourselves for a source. And instead of listening to God, we listen to the world around us. And, and ever so slightly, ever so slowly in our life, we drift away from the principles of God. And we get further and further away from the truth of God. And we're not relying on him as a source. We're relying on the world and our own provisions and ever so slowly in our life, we drift away from the basis which God's calling us to. And it's not that we can't get right back over there. We can. But by the time we get way over here, closer and closer to the end of life, we've built a lot of barriers. We've hardened our own lives. And there's so many obstacles that we put in play because we've been listening to the world and, and, and we've been seeking our way and not His way that we've drifted so far away. It's hard for us to get back. God's not moved. God's the same place He will, has always been. 
in heaven with his arms reached out for you saying, I love you. I want a relationship with you, but you're drifting away from me because you're listening to the world instead of listening to me. You're seeking the things of this world instead of And all along you're hardening your life and you're building barriers that, yes, I can remove, but they leave scars. We make decisions. You make decisions. So I just, you know, I'm still young, man. I, 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 I got college ahead of me. I've got high school ahead of me. I've got relationships with girls or guys ahead of me. I've got, I've got business ahead of me. I've got, I want to I wanna blaze a trail. And you blaze out. There's an expiration date. See, nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to die today. We think we're going to live forever. Then you get old. I mean, how many of you in here have kids and you're like, man, these jokers grow up quick. I blinked. I had a little girl running around my house. I took a nap. College. It happens quick. You get close to that 50 mark, things go downhill fast. <laughs> it's going to be different 10 years from now. I'm just saying, life happens fast. There's an expiration date on your life. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's, it's calling you, and, but you're the one is setting yourself apart from it. You're, you're the one that's missing what God wants to do in your life. You, you know, I want heaven, yes. I want to live in heaven. I want to go. I'm going. If I die right now, y'all say, that old boy, I had a good life. He's in heaven today because that's where I'm going. I've got a relationship with Jesus, not based on my right. It's not the master. And you can grow further and further away from what God had anticipated for your life. In his book, in chapter 4, he says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near. and the occurrences of things that are happening. But the scriptures tell me that if I draw near to God, he'll draw near to me. It doesn't say, man, when you clean it up. No, he says... In that while you are yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for you. He didn't get on the cross and say, uh-oh, heaven alert, take me down. Them boys ain't going to make it. They're going to sin. Take me down. I, I ain't worthy. No, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I think he was speaking about the moment and the past and the future. They don't know what they're doing. But grace, grace comes. And Jesus stretched his arms out as far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far have I separated you from your transgressions. Some of you might not have heard this. You need this. Because, see, you think there's a limit to God. You think there's only so much God will do. You'll look at me and say, But, Pastor, you just don't know. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know the thoughts I've had. You don't, know, you don't know where I've been. You just don't know. God could not forgive me of what I've done. Let me tell you something. God's already forgiven you. 
He's already done the work to forgive you. He's resor- all the resources from heaven have been released. The only thing left to do when, when God said as far as the east is from the west, he didn't say as far as the north is from the south. Why? Because we've got an exact God. We've got a precise God. Don't miss this. God didn't say north to south. See, I can start out right now and head north, and I can go north just so far, and all of a sudden I'm going to hit North Pole, and I'm going to start going south. I can go south just so far, and I'll hit the South Pole and start going north. I can't find the end of east, and I can't find the end of west. I can go east the rest of my life. I can go west the rest of my life. I'll never find its limit. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. My resource, my reach to you is limitless. What I can do for you as far as the east is from the west. When you turn to me, I've separated you. From your transgressions. What an amazing God we have. Amen church. No limit at all. Of what he'll accomplish in our life. It says there. In verse 7. Let the wicked forsake their way. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. And he will have compassion on him. For our God, for and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. What an amazing message there. He'll have compassion on you. He don't look down from heaven and say, dirty old sinner, oh, I aged you out, you're done. No. God looks down from heaven and says, I created you. I called you. You've lived apart from me. You. And my mercies are new every morning. And my grace is sufficient for you. are not your thoughts. See, in our ideal, we say, no, there's no way God could forgive me of this. See, my thoughts are not your thoughts, he says. My ways are not your ways. His are different, totally distinct and different than ours. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout, And furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So will my word by which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire. And without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God's saying there's no. He is capable of doing, and His Word, when we listen to it, brings change to our life when we apply it. He's calling you to that. God's seeking us to turn around in our life. And I'm telling you, when there's a turnaround in your life, and you turn to Him, and you, you seek Him, He satisfies. When you, when you come to Him as a source, He satisfies you. When you listen to Him, He speaks to you. When you seek him, he saves you. And he says, he says in verse 12, he says, For you will, will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. I, I could have just preached that this morning, but I had to build up to it. What an amazing verse. Did y'all get that? Let's, let's think about that just for a second. For you will go out with joy and be and the way to the world, and the decisions you've made, and the direction you've been going in. But I'm telling you, if you come to me, I'll, I'll satisfy you. Position the things that have been broken, and I'll bring something beautiful out of it. What I'll do is I'll send you out with joy and peace. And that is something every single one of us in this room long for in our life. You think it's the next promotion. You think it's the substance. You think it's the relationship. You think it's all these superficial, earthly things. It's none of that. What you're seeking, what I'm longing for, and what you're longing for is joy. 
And joy is not, it's not attached to your circumstance. It's attached to God. We gain joy to go through whatever our relationship I have with Jesus, and you can have that as well. That brings joy in my life because it doesn't matter what happens. Though I don't understand everything, and there's some. It passes all understanding. And, and I think this is where it really, really hits. We want peace in our life. You want peace in your life. You do. But as one of my deacons once said, we want peace. But we've rejected the Prince of Peace. And when you reject the Prince of Peace, there is no peace. When you choose to go your way, when you choose to satisfy yourself, when you choose to listen to the world, your own way is a dead end with no joy and no peace. Verse 13 says, well, actually, the final part of verse 12 says, The mountains and the hills will break forth with shouts of joy before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. In other words, the whole world around you, when you get right with Jesus and you live for him, the whole world around you will know and be excited. The cypress will come. Instead of the nettle, the myrtle will come up. <laughs> I just got to tell you, if you've ever been on the field, in, on the farm, and you've ever had to deal with briars, you're like, dang it, Adam. I mean, dead gummit. I mean, I remember Genesis 3. Y'all had this thing all worked out, and you messed it up, and God said, now you're going to deal with them thorns. Yep. And all hung up, ripped up. Now you're going to deal with them thorns. Can't get rid of the blasted things with nothing. They just won't go away. They keep popping back up. And, and Eve, Miss Eve, you're going to have to deal with childbirthing and the pain that comes along with it. Something happens because of sin. And now you're dealing with them darn thorns. And thistles, if you've ever had a pasture, you know what a thistle is. You'll get them too. And what, what, what he's saying in this text, what Isaiah is saying, you know what, I'm going to take something that has been such a, a hindrance to you that you couldn't get rid of. There's such a mess that, that has no beauty and no value to you. And I'm going to make it a cedar. I'm going to make it something that's beautiful. I'm going to bring a myrtle out of it. I'm going to bring you something that is good and glorious when you seek me to be your source. When you listen to me to be the word that speaks into your life. And when you come after me for salvation, I'll make a difference in your life. So we got the three steps to be fulfilled. They're right there before us. Let me ask you, what step are you on? Where are you in that process? Are you, are you stepping towards God? Are you, what are you drawing from? What well are you looking for to fill you? Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Drink of me and you'll thirst no more. Spiritually speaking, our souls can be saved. And we can be renewed. And his word can speak into our life and direct us. And we can experience the glories of walking in salvation. But it's on you. It's your decision. You, you have to decide what step you take next. Where you go from here. How you live your life. What source you want to tap into. What word you want to listen to who you want to be your Savior. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in this world, maybe in this room today, who have put God off. Why? Why would you put God off? The one who has done everything to save you and give you I've asked God to be my Savior, but I've never made it public. Why not? He's worth talking about. I got kids. If he's your, if he's your Savior, you ought to want to talk about him. You ought to be proud of him. Maybe you're sitting here today and say, I've never been baptized. 
And I, I, need, I need to follow in that, that believer's baptism where I make a public profession of my faith before, faith before the people and I, I do what God called me to do in obedience. And I follow in that obedient command. I don't know what's, what's going on in your world. I don't know. I don't know your worlds. I can't know everything that's happening in your head. No matter how good I know you, I can't know what's happening. But God does. And he's reaching out to you today. He's saying, let's take another step. Let's take another step. Let's take another step. Closer in relationship, not further away. But you choose if you want to come closer. Now, I'm going to come down in a moment. I'm going to stand on the floor there with Mike. And we're going to be down here for you. If you want to come pray with us, we'd love to pray with you. Not because we have anything or afraid that you have anything, but that's an intimate time. We don't want the mass to be a detractor for you, but we don't want it to be a detraction that you can't come to us because we don't have on a mass. It's kind of a close, intimate time. And in our world today, we recognize that would be a value to some people. So we don't want, we want to remove all barriers. So that's, we'll do that for you. But these altars are here. This is an altar. If you want to say, it's just steps. I get it. But it's a place where you can move. You can take a step in the right direction today. and You can come lay something down before the Lord. You say, Lord, I, I've carried this. I can't carry this. Lord, I'm carrying my friends, my families. I'm, uh, I'm carrying all this. I, I'm carrying this burden. I'm carrying this sin. I'm carrying whatever I'm carrying. Lord, I want to I unload it today. I want to release it to you. And I need you to carry this, God. Whatever. There may be a multitude of other things I haven't even spoken about today. I want, I want you to deal with your heart with God today. God. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this message. Use it, God. Draw us close to you as you are, and Lord, let us respond rightly and deal rightly with you in this moment. Whether we're here in this room or whether we're at home watching this on TV or some later date watching this, God, your word continues to speak. So Lord, touch our lives. Let your will be done in our lives. I know your word will not return void. Your text tells us that. You're good for your word. So we trust you in that. In Jesus' name, amen. You move as God leads. We're here for you. Thank you.
been good to be in the house of the Lord with you today and spend this time before God studying His Word and worshiping Him. If you're a guest here today, we're glad you joined us. And I would appreciate it if you would, in, in light of the fact we don't have guest cards in our, our pew racks at this time, if you wouldn't mind, just go online sometime today, tomorrow, and in near future. Right now will be fine. And uh, look on there. There's a place where you can just fill out a guest card. And we'd love to know who you are, how we can pray for you. If you're searching for a, a church home, I'd love to talk with you about that. You can come see me in the Welcome Center. Love to meet you and, and find out how we can grow to know one another better and serve you. So if you'd love to come and, and spend some time, we, we've, got, we've got time to talk. Love to talk. Love to know how we can uh, go forward and serve Jesus together. Again, glad you were here today. There's our, in our Welcome Center two, uh, two boxes out back, one over in our Welcome Center, one upstairs, and one right here for your offerings. If you would uh, like to give to the ministries of First Baptist and continue the, the work that we're doing here, there's so many things that we are able to be a part of together. And um, one of the things I'd highlight today is that there, are, there are many kids in this world that need homes and don't have a good home. And so we, we sponsor and, and work alongside of uh, Hope Adoption Agency. And, and when you give to First Baptist, we, we help kids find and we help parents find homes for forever homes for kids and through adoption process. And what a beautiful picture that is. And, and, uh, and we, we value life, not just at First Baptist, but as Christians and believers. We value life, believe that God created us in his image. And that image is marred by sin, but we're redeeming that image by the work Jesus is doing, the Holy Spirit's doing in our life. And uh, therefore, lives are valuable. All lives, the unborn, are valuable. And we want to be able to provide homes for kids, no matter what the circumstance or situation. And, and it's a beautiful picture and a beautiful opportunity to walk through. So we do that together. It's just one of the, oh gosh, many, 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 many ministries that you're a part of here at First Baptist Church. And we'll highlight some of those as we go. But uh, God bless you. I hope you have an amazing week and go through this week thinking about the steps and where you are. What are you, what are you seeking? What's your source? I mean, really walk through that and think this week. What is my source? What am I depending on? What am I looking for? Am I listening to God or am I listening to the world? Am I letting his word enter into my life and make a difference? Am I seeking him? as my Savior, to lead me. Just think about those steps this week, and as you walk through life this week, pray through that. God loves you, I love you, I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for the privilege of being in worship here in homes. God, I just ask that you'll continue to minister through these most difficult times and the confusion of our day and the uncertainty that we live in. God, we know one thing's for sure. You're God, you're in heaven. You created us, you love us. You've called us into an everlasting relationship. Let us respond rightly to that. We love you and praise you. Thank you for our time together in worship. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week.